This week's episode of the Draft Zone Podcast is brought to you by United to the Moose. For the first episode, I had my longtime friend Will Pruitt on the pod. We discuss what it's like living without sports and how we turn to things like nationally broadcasted 2K tourneys and even an event called Marble Olympics. Also for the inaugural episode, we draft Tiger King characters as if we were rounding up a basketball squad to face off versus each other. Let's just say there wasn't a lot of talent for this draft. But every week we'll be drafting something, whether it be a Tiger King basketball team or what QBs we would want at a bachelor party and many more scenarios crossing pop culture and sports. Anyways, that's enough of me talking. So let's jump into episode one of the draft zone. Hope you enjoy. This is episode one of the Draft Zone. I'm Connor Taylor with Will Pruitt here. Um, we are currently living a no sports life. How how are you doing that, Will? Um, not very good. This is this is very this is a weird time, obviously for everybody. But like sports, I use a lot as an escape. And when times like this, there really is anything to escape to right now because obviously everything's canceled. And it's just a weird time. I'm just trying to keep on track of – I'm trying to look forward more to when sports comes back on because I feel like it's just going to be all the sports on at the same time and we're going to have a sports overdose almost. It's going to be – it's going to be wild, but that's what I'm trying to look look ahead to, to keep to keep positivity. Yeah, I, I definitely think we're going to – we're going to have the possibility of just an amazing opportunity for like four major sports all in there together – and I think one thing I was I was looking at was watching um, the 2K tourney last night. Um, I don't think I've ever really cared enough to watch random NBA players play 2K. And it was on ESPN too. Did you did you catch that? I saw a little bit of it. I saw uh, I saw Darius Garland out there. He won by 50, which does not happen often for the Cavs. So that was interesting to see. But yeah, I mean they 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 have nothing else to show. ESPN's been showing a lot of old games. They showed the 2016 uh, Finals on Wednesday. I know they showed the Rose Bowl between Texas and USC for the uh, for the national championship on Thursday. And I've been watching I've been watching a lot of old games myself just to try to keep myself somewhat entertained. And I've been playing a lot of two K too, so I could definitely see why they've been showing that. Yeah, I made the mistake and sold my Xbox One like two years ago, um, just to get away from procrastinating in life. And right now, I need some procrastination because I. I'm extremely bored, and I've I've sadly downloaded some really boring games like Angry Birds on my phone, just just to do stuff because I'm I'm starting to lose my mind. But yeah, one one surprising thing about the 2K tourney was was that I got the notification. I was like, oh, they're doing that tonight, and um, I didn't realize what day it was going to be. And then I was like, it's in the ESPN app. And then it was I got there. I was like, oh, it's going to be ESPN Plus. I'm not going to have it. But then then it was on ESPN two, and I was like, okay, like we really have nothing. We have nothing to do right now. No, um, no. Uh, you mentioned like how you didn't know what day it was. Well, like sports normally helps me keep tr- like I have no sense of time or days anymore. Like normally, how I look at days is oh, this game's happening on Wednesday. Oh, Saturday there are games on all day, and it's like just everything being canceled. Not just sports, but literally like you can't even go out to eat anymore. It's just you, you've lost a track of time and what day it is and sometimes what even month it is. It seems like <laughs> yeah, yeah. April April came pretty 
slow. So <laughs> March felt like a year. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking back. I was like, man, it's been so long since that night when I turned on the uh, SVP and was like, whoa, like everything's canceling. It's going to go crazy. And then it happened. But the, the final four would have been this weekend. Um, some some sad teams had to miss out. A lot of players, a lot of seniors, um, and they're not going to extend their eligibility. I do agree with that, I think, since they got to play most of the season. I think that's difficult. I would I would have personally liked for them too, just because it's it's such a you know it's such a weird circumstance and it's like a heartbreaker for a lot of these kids. But as you said, like I re- I don't know how they could have possibly done it with all the with the roster sizes and these new kids coming in and the transfers. Like we don't even know how transfers are gonna are gonna work out if they're gonna be even eligible to come to the school that they want to now because there's no spring semester right now. So everything's up in the air and it's just been it's been really weird yeah I, I definitely agree with the spring sports getting another eligibility they didn't play like maybe 30 percent of their yeah, they season were two maybe weeks in. like hardly hardly anything um so i agree with that but yeah the final four would have been this weekend um i guess we can we can kind of talk about what were some teams that we thought had a great chance of possibly you know taking it all the way this year I think I think Kansas, like we were talking about earlier, actually had a had a pretty darn good chance. They they were a, they had a short bench. I don't think uh, they're very deep, but generally, I think college takes seven eight players. You don't need you need a little bit deeper teams in the NBA, but college you can get away with seven. Yeah, I mean we've seen a lot of college teams where normally use like seven eight players. Like I mean, just from being a Duke fan, we've seen Coach K. He he is so he is so stubborn about not using more than eight players even though his roster size or his bench goes a lot deeper than that or could go a lot deeper. But a lot of those big coaches won't use it. But to get back to your question, I my team was Kansas also. that they, they were the only real team that separated themselves from anybody. I thought Baylor at the beginning of the year and at the beginning of conference play could have been all, all one of those teams, but then they kind of lost track towards the end of the year. And um, also Dayton, just because Obi Toppin is amazing, he is the he is easily the national player of the year. He was just so good, and that's who I really feel bad for. Honestly, is your small schools like Dayton and Seton Hall, who probably won't get a chance again for at least for a while. Because when is Dayton going to get a kid like Obi Toppin again? Yeah, I think that's definitely the saddest part. Is teams like that that just don't they don't get a don't get chances often to make the tournament. It was it was going to be their year, and then it get, it just gets uh, taken away from them. But Obviously, social distancing is for the best of our health as a society in America. Yeah, at first I was very upset about all the news because, you know, like, I mean, basketball is my personal favorite sport and March Madness is my favorite event of the year. And when all the, I mean, even when the news came out without fans, I was just very upset because I think fans are an important part of sports in general, but especially for college basketball and, um, but then obviously, like, you just have to understand the bigger picture and how dangerous this is and that they had no other choice but to do it, especially after an NBA player himself and Rudy Gobert got it. They, they just had no choice. Yeah, when, once the NBA gets canceled and people are getting paid professionally to play basketball, you can't have amateurs out there. That would have mm-hmm. been a bad luck. And if you know the NCAA, I think that's when it started setting in. It's like, Hey, like the NCAA doesn't make a lot of good moves. Generally they get hated on. And once they make a move like this, losing most of their income, um, throughout the years made in March madness and they're, they're willing to lose it all 
uh, just shows you the significance of this. Yeah, I think uh, you were just talking about a, f- a few minutes ago about you. You remember the night it happened? I think it was March 11th and 12th is when everything started to get canceled. I think it was the night of March 11th, and it just went into the next day with all the conference um, tournaments, the ACC, SEC, Big 12, Big 10, and um, I just remember like a week after that, I was like, "How has it only been a week since everything has been canceled?" It's it's just been really weird and. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I'm finally starting to get in the groove of things. Uh, school started back this week for me, so I think that's helped a Dude, lot. When school's over this after this month, school's done for me, and I think for most people who will be going, you know, on summer break and stuff like that. Obviously, I'll be just done with school, but it's I'm not like school's really the only thing that's been keeping me somewhat busy. It's like that's the only thing that's been normal. Is like I have an assignment to do, I have to do this, but after school's over, like. There's not going to be anything to do, and hopefully we'll get back to normal in a, in a few months. Yeah, ho- hopefully. Um, one thing that – a couple of things have been pushed back. Obviously, movies have been pushed back. Disney released yesterday that things like Mulan and Black Widow got – Mulan got pushed back to July, and Black Widow got pushed back to November and basically moved all their slate back. Um, but one thing that, that moved forward was uh, The Last Dance, the ESPN documentary about Michael Jordan and I uh, – I think that's a great move, a great PR move by then. Um, we need something to, you know, find community around at this time. And I think that'll be a great chance for that. Yeah, I mean, I was already really looking forward to the Jordan doc. It was supposed to come out this summer, I believe, after the NBA finals and everything was over. So I thought it was a really good timing how they had it planned out originally. But then, I mean, nobody really saw this coming. And I think, obviously, it's a smart idea. Like, what else are you going to show? As you said, they've been showing uh, literally 2K tournaments because, like, we're just, like, there's nothing to show. And, I mean, I've been looking forward to this documentary for a while. I think it's going to be very good. It's 10 parts, which is insane. But it's, I think they're, I think it's going to be very good. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think, uh, especially since we didn't grow up and get to see Michael Jordan, it'll be kind of give a um, perspective on how great he was. Um, dive a little bit deeper in that because I think sometimes it gets thrown to the side of how great of a basketball player he was since we just weren't alive during that time. Um, yeah, I think we're going to get a better perspective. Like, obviously, you, you can go back and watch his, his highlights on YouTube, but, I mean, it's not the same as watching the guy live, like how we've seen um, – how we've watched um, LeBron play. It's obviously completely different. We've seen his whole career. Jordan, though, that this will give me – at least for me, it will give me a perspective on – a better perspective on his career – and I think it's going to be really cool to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff with his teammates, how he acted behind the scenes, because we ha- we hear all these stories, and now we're actually going to get to see it. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, one time, I mean, I, th- I thought we talked about this a couple of days ago, was um, watching the Marble Olympics. And I, I don't know if people know it, a lot of people know what this is, <laughs> but I was just saying, like, I was completely like, I need sports those first couple of days when everything got canceled, and I... And I watched a lot and showed a lot of people Marble Olympics. Be like, this is what this is what you should turn to during a time like this. And basically, the Marble Olympics is um, a very high production of marbles racing down um, just courses and things like that. And it's it's extremely fun. You've watched it, right, Will? Yeah. Um. Actually, before even sports got canceled, one of my friends down in uh, Florida actually would watch it every now and then. <laughs> and he had a favorite team called the Limers. So he kind of he, he showed it to me like we really didn't ever get into it, obviously, especially like actual sport. But it was just something fun and goofy to watch. And then, of course, now that there are no sports on 
it's one of the few things to watch. I believe ESPN, you know how they did the Ocho last week? Yeah. I think they showed it on ESPN. Yeah, I did see. I think they did show it. Um, so hopefully that gave some more awareness to probably one of the most underrated sports out there. Yeah. Um, yep, shout out to the Limers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm a Hazers fan and Chocolatiers fan. I took two teams, so I don't know. That's allowed in the the culture of Marble Olympics. I mean, but it's what I did. I just went with the Limers because my uh, the kid who showed it to me down in Florida was a Limers fan. I guess if you want to say that, but he liked the Limers, so I was like, you know, I'm gonna be a Limers fan too. Let's go Limers. Yeah, and, and <laughs> as we move in, something that took just the the nation by storm. I mean, I haven't met many people that haven't haven't watched Tiger King. Um, I, I was a little slow to it, to be honest with you. I was like, this looks stupid. Um, I watched the trailer. I was like, it doesn't interest me. I just, it doesn't look like a good documentary. And then eventually I came around to it and I was like, all right, well, I've got nothing to do. Let's see what everyone talks about. And I turned it on and my eyes were glued to it for the seven episodes. And it's, it's a wow. It's a wow in society that this exists. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's normally something I definitely would not like I could not see myself uh, watching that show at first when I first heard about it. It took me about a week, honestly, after like I heard about a talk for I heard the talk about it for a week and then I started watching it. I don't know if I would have watched it if it wasn't for all what was happening right now. I think that really helped the documentary is honestly people have nothing else to do. And this is a crazy documentary. Like you can't even believe it. It's a documentary when you watch the trailer. You're like, wow, this has to be like some drama TV show. Like this thing is crazy. And it's like a documentary, and it's just, I don't know, I can't explain it. It's, I wouldn't say it's a good documentary. It's just very interesting, and it's crazy. It's, it's something that you have to watch, especially in a time like this, when you're just bored. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I'm not sure how this would have maintained an audience for as long as it has. It's been number one on Netflix for about three weeks now, and we we had Ozark Season 3 come out, and that, that couldn't even top it. I think Tiger King's just... It's, it's extreme popularity, and I think just talking about first impressions, I mean, Joe Exotic, that's that's a crazy character. He doesn't seem real. Um, honestly, it, this show seems like some really weird um, animated show where you're like, these cast of characters don't make any sense, like something like South Park or like Family Guy, some new show on like one of the streaming services is like talks about, you know, this this tiger life. And be like, this isn't real, but then... I and could, we're watching a documentary on it. I could see Joe Exotic. I could see the South Park guys making a, a, a Joe Exotic in their show one day, like just to, you know, make fun of somebody like that. And it's crazy that people like this actually exist. <laughs> yeah. It, it honestly, after I was done with it, I was like, I'm a little sad right now. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't think stuff like this was out there. This, this overall craziness. Um, I mean, I knew like obviously, you know, zoos and everything, like everybody knows about that and how, and I've heard about how that, how, you know, mistreating animals, you know, in the zoo, but I've just, I think it's the the personality of the people in the show. It's not the fact that they keep tigers, it's how they do it and how they are as people around the tigers and just in general. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. Um, Did your, I know your mom, a, a, f- a funny story was, I was, I was with you one day and she was driving, I don't remember where we were driving, but she, she stopped on, on the middle of the road and went and picked up a turtle and, and moved it and es- <laughs> escorted it to the side of the road. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that actually. Um, but these people take the, yeah. these people are like 
times a hundred. Yeah. Like, I consider my mom an animal person. Like, you know, anyone who's met my mom, uh, Connor can speak for this. She loves animals. Like, she'll do a lot of stuff for animals. But she's not one of those, like, PETA people or anything like that. You know, like, Carol, obviously. Like, <laughs> Carol takes it to a whole new level. And she, Carol's a hypocrite, though. Yeah, so. I, I was never a fan of Carol. Um, she literally got mad at Joe for doing the same thing, except for she had a crappier zoo. Well, not I don't even know if she called it a zoo, but you know what I mean. Like, I thought Joe's zoo was honestly nicer than Carol's. I thought everybody's zoo was nicer. I think she had the worst conditions, honestly, for all those tigers. So I thought she was a very big hypocrite and just annoying and where's my bro don at like (laughs) (laughs) so i I guess i was did your did your mom catch it or hear about it because i was wondering if she had any thoughts on this this craziness as a as a pretty heavy animal lover i uh i told her to watch it and i i i I honestly just mentioned it to her the other day i was like yo have you heard about this new thing called tiger king because they have actually been watching a lot of netflix you know i mean they're older they don't really know how to use all this stuff especially (laughs) my dad but they have been watching a, a lot of netflix so i was like now this show's about animals. It's crazy. Like you wouldn't even believe it. And I mean, and you, and at first, like you hear Carol, and you're like, "Oh, this girl is just trying to help out the tigers." And then you see that she literally, like, I thought she set the tigers free or or something somehow. Like she would take them and hook it up with somebody, but she literally just lets them die in cages too. So it's like, what are you doing this different other than your nonprofit organization? Yeah, I was I was watching a review <laughs> of it and. Um... Shout out to that uh, person. The person's name's Grace Randolph, um, if anyone watches that YouTube channel. But she was uh, talking about basically how that Carol needs to make someone a villain for her to come off as a hero because she does the same thing. And I thought that was a good point because she definitely makes Joe Exotic a villain and makes her, even though she does, I'd say pretty similar stuff uh, to a degree. Definitely, I would not want to be an intern there. It's um, unpaid, and it didn't seem like she even knew your name till like five years in. Until uh, unless if you were one of the top of people, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like being a. Co- I understand there's a lot of people there, but you need to at least you know talk to them and stuff. And I don't know. I as you said that you were listening to a review. I've listened to a lot of uh, reviews about this. I was watching one on Pardon My Take, and uh, Big Cat said that this documentary has the like biggest cast of characters where you he's never watched a docu a documentary where you just hate every main character except for this one like you literally outside of a few side characters you you hate every main character i feel or dislike every main character at least yeah i i I totally agree um i guess yeah main characters definitely don't like which a lot of shows generally um they want to make their main character somewhat likable at least one of them yeah at least one of them um (laughs) Only as like the side characters, <laughs> like um, gosh, what's her name? Uh, the reporter, um, Sylvia Corkle. I uh, was, you know, she's yeah, obviously not dislikable, but she's no. not a main character. And well, I mean, I guess like you could consider Kelsey the uh, the uh, girl who lost her arm. I don't know if you consider her a main character or a side character. I didn't really mind her. I thought she was kind of level headed. Um, I didn't mind John, the uh, manager of the zoo, without uh, the guy who didn't have any legs. I thought he was the most uh, um, level-headed out of all of them. He was still a little weird. I mean, they were all kind of weird, but like those two, if you want to make them main characters, and they were pretty normal. And the and the uh, and the campaign manager, he was definitely the most normal. He yeah. He was just there because you know that's his dream job is to be a campaign uh, manager and. Joe gave him, Joe, he thought Joe was going to give him a start to his dream job. And really it was just, 
Yeah, Joshua Dial. Flynn got roped into some crazy stuff. Probably thought, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm an aspiring campaign manager. And then got taken down in a weird road. But um, I think my favorite part about him is what he said about the feds. It was I can't say the exact quote, but he was like talking about the cops. And he was like, I'm a libertarian. So technically, you know, screw the cops. But when it comes to these people... We need to get the cops on right now because these people are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of craziness, a world without sports, and we're going to be doing something special um, on every episode uh, since this is called the draft zone. I can explain this real quick. It's basically we're going to be drafting things like Tiger King. Um, for today's episode, we're going to draft uh, Tiger King people and we're going to draft them as we're drafting a basketball team so me and Will are going to go back and forth drafting five players and a coach and we can discuss that um, who we think would be good basketball players slash a good coach um, obviously this is probably going to be my worst basketball team I could ever create. One of, yeah <laughs> one of the worst basketball teams you could ever create we have um some things lined up down the road, um, like a Star Wars thing. And obviously, that, those would be better basketball players. I think Yoda could easily take any of these players. Um, I, don't, I don't think any of these guys would be good at I don't care what sport we're doing. It can be, <laughs> it could be football, baseball, hockey, soccer. I don't know if I would want any of these guys on any athletic team, yeah. to be honest. Since it's super popular and I thought it would be fun to discuss, we're going to draft Tiger King. There are a couple rules we set in place. Um, Sadly, these characters have to be alive. So that throws out um, Don Lewis, and it throws out Travis. Can we talk about Don for a second? Because it's clear to me that Carol fed him to a tiger. <laughs> I, I, I think I agree. I definitely think... Uh, or she had something to there, do there with is, him. There is something fishy with it. Um, I don't know what happened uh, to any degree. Obviously, they're, they're, Carol's an interesting person, and... Oh, she's the worst. She's the flat out worst. And like, how about the night before? Like, didn't she go in and like take all his like documents and, and the will and stuff and all of that? Like, come on. Like, you like you, you had to play at least a role in this. Yeah, she definitely did some suspicious And then stuff. how about the part where, uh, I don't know if you remember, but Joe kind of got bit by a tiger and he was like, y'all put some on here for the tiger to, you know, attack me. And he was just blaming everyone else because it's never Joe's fault. And then and they, and they interviewed Carol and she was like, well, you would have to get some, I forgot what she exactly said, like a sardine oil or something like that for a tiger to want to kill a person. And I was like, oh, you would know, <laughs> oh, wouldn't yeah, you, yeah. Carol? Well, like, would... just give it away even more. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was a little bit weird for her to for her to say that. She had some interesting quotes, I think. There, there's a lot of interesting quotes here. Like, wow, that was that was just said. Um, a real person just, just said that. Um, so, yeah, so that's a rule. And also... Um, some other rules are basically they have to be named and they have to have a speaking part, which I, th- I think um, most people in the documentary have a speaking part and are named. So that applies mainly to shows like The Office. Uh, you can't take a uh, when we draft later down the road for something like that. You can't take a completely side character that uh, you didn't even know his name. Yeah. Well, I'm also like, I know a lot of these guys, like it's hard to remember all their names. So when I pick them, I'm going to like, you know, like the girl who got her arm bitten off. Like, I don't remember her by Kelsey. I remember her by the girl that got yeah. her arm bit off. So we'll, we'll describe <laughs> them by that. But since Will is um, my guest today, he will pick first um, in the draft zone Tiger King draft. Um, so who do, who do you think you're going with, Will? 
See, this was a tough one. I have two in mind here mainly. I mean, obviously, as you said, like none of these guys are very athletic. But I have two guys in mind. And I think for the first one, I'm going to go with Carol's current husband, Howard Baskins. He is um, he looked like one of the taller guys on the show. So he could get me some boards. And, you know, to play basketball, you obviously kind of have to be tall, as anybody who watches basketball knows this. Um, but I think he could grab some boards for me. He could block some people. He would, I think he would do some stuff, some of the dirty work, and he's a good listener because he kind of is just like Carol's little slave. He just listens to everything she does. Like we all saw the picture with him on the leash. Like what was that? Yeah, like, that was that was the thing is like some of these things pass through this documentary, and you're like you don't even remember and they go over them. for like a second, and I'm like yeah. what? And no, you're like, no, that that should be like an episode. Yeah, like that deserves like an hour discussion about those marriage photos, those wedding photos. Yeah, like come on, dude. Like I get like you want to be like all like oh like I'm gonna support my girl because you know she likes cats and tigers and she's just crazy and weird. But like that was just a whole that was just crazy. But I think I'm gonna take Howard just because he's taller than than I think everybody else on the show. At least it seemed. And I couldn't find his exact height. I don't know. If yeah, I could. I could only find a couple of people's heights um, on Wikipedia and stuff like that. Which how trusted is that? But I went with it. I guess. I mean, he does seem like. I don't think he would be maybe a number one option because that doesn't seem like his personality. No, but um, I think I think he would listen a lot to uh, to the game plan and to the coach, and I think he would be a team player. Yeah, and that's which, what I'm looking at. Which, which is hard to find. As I was looking through this, I was like, man, a lot of people are going to butt heads. Yep. From from this Tiger King list, um, and also I I just think uh, maybe I guess. A comp for him would be Paul George. Uh, maybe not a number one option ever. Um, obviously, there's no Paul George level um, basketball skills that we know of from him. But I think that would be maybe a comp for him uh, being a number two option. So now it's my pick. I think I'm going to go with Doc Antle. Now, <laughs> now Doc kind of runs a cult. Dang it. So... It's a little bit hard to pick him for me since he was. Um, yeah, but he's a big body, so like I wanted. I personally was gonna pick Doc a little later down the line. I mean, I guess I can say this now because you already picked him. But I feel like he would go in there and grab as as I said about Howard getting some boards. Doc would just go in there and swing in the paint. Like he would go hard in the paint. He's a big guy. He he wouldn't take any crap down there. So I think that's a very good pick. And he's in Myrtle Beach, which is close to us. So yeah, hey, um, close to North Carolina. <laughs> um, but I think one thing is, I don't know if I would describe him as a good leader. I when I was going through this, I put good leader question mark um, mainly because I think he's good at leading people, but also he leads in a cult way. Um, he, I think he can brainwash you. I wouldn't say yeah. I wouldn't say a good leader, but a, he will get you to believe in something. Which yeah, which in a way <laughs> sometimes. Coaches need to get players to believe in things to happen. And I think Doc has a good chance of being a option for there. And I was I was doing some some internet research and his son is actually fairly uh, muscular. He literally looks he's got long hair and looks like Tarzan, no lie, um, on his Instagram and stuff. And it's probably and he was like literally in Tarzan shorts. And I was like, maybe Doc was athletic in the day, so was his son on the documentary at all? I I don't know if he made like a like a little appearance for an episode. I'm not 100. percent I don't remember. I can't remember anything about the documentary. So. Sorry, folks. There was just so much crazy stuff. I can't remember everything. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's impossible <laughs> to remember every small little detail yeah. from this crazy documentary. Exactly. Um, 
So this is your second pick now, Will. Who do you think you'll be taking? All right, so Doc off the board, sadly. I think I'm going to go with John Finley, the first of many of Joe's husbands who aren't even, um, at least the first two weren't even gay. So he just kind of roped them into it. But John, John was very loyal. He was a loyal guy. As I said, he wasn't even gay and he stayed by Joe's side the whole time. And he, he was just always by Joe's side. He would, he's the most loyal guy I feel like on the show uh, personally. And, you know, sometimes teams go through struggles and you need a loyal player in there to keep everyone together, keep everybody's head high. And he was always a positive guy too, for the most part. And, um, I wasn't a, I, I didn't dislike John actually either that much. He was just, obviously he was pretty weird, but he was definitely my, I think I'm going to go with him with my second pick just because of the loyal factor. Yeah. I think one thing he, I was doing some research on him and I was actually going to pick him a little bit later, but he got, he got new teeth because he, he completely had basically two, three teeth and then he got, um, I don't know exactly how that works. I'm not no dentist, but so he looks a lot more normal, and I think one of my favorite thing was, um, I didn't even realize it, but when I was doing some research, um, there was questions. Uh, a lot of these people went and did some interviews after Tiger King, and John Finley was shirtless in, in all yep. of his interviews, which I thought is one of the funniest things. He's the J.R. Smith of my team. After, yeah. after we win the championship, we're going to Vegas, and then we're going to the White House with no shirt on, so... I, I wouldn't be shocked. And he's also got tons of tattoos, so he fits into the um, NBA culture um, fairly well. Now, now this pick, I think, might surprise some people. Um, I'm going with John Rinky. John doesn't have any legs, if you don't remember exactly who he was. Um, but he seems like one of the more genuine guys. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is what I need. Um, a good follower. Uh, he stayed in a position well. He seems like he's... He's very level-headed, it yeah, seems like. Yeah, um, doing well in life. And um, I think one question I have is, is there is there like a... Um, how tall can he get? Like, can you just put taller legs on him? And also, does he get tired? Like, Like, do those legs get tired and worn out? I don't know these things, so. I don't know, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to pick him was because I was like, I I don't know the rules of our basketball league. He might have incredible stand, uh, stamina, so yeah, who really, knows? You really don't know, and I think he's basically using, um, he's using fake legs, so we can add a couple inches there, and I think he's going to be my big man um, from my team, and I guess he'll post up against your big man, Howard Baskin. Yeah, but so. I, I think, I think you, I think you already have a pretty good front court going. I think, I think Doc should be, I mean, he's a, he's just a big guy in general, obviously. So, um, I think it's going to be very hard to score on you in the paint. So I need to fix that. Cause yeah, my guys are kind of small right now compared to yours. All right. So Will's got Howard Baskin, John Finley, and currently I've got Doc Antle and John Rinky. It is your third pick, Will. Who do you think you're going with? I'm probably going to go, honestly, this might uh, take some people by surprise, but Rick Kirkham, the um, the uh, the producer who came in to produce Joe's, um, Joe's like, his little show, and he got all the tapes burned up in the fire. Um, he just, he seemed kind of, kind of normal too, a little bit, but I, I just liked his manner of how he handled things. And he could help my backcourt out. I'm going to put him and John, I think, at point guard and shooting guard. And him at point guard. Because Rick can kind of lead the team. Since since he was a producer, he can kind of see, you know, how to plan stuff out. And 
You know, he he'll he'll be my floor general. You know, as, as Coach K says, the floor general. Yeah, I <laughs> I forget what country as I was doing research. I Norway. He, yeah, Norway. Yeah. Yeah. He, after all this, I I am be- not 100 percent sure, but I believe he had a rough stint. He was addicted to some stuff before he came to film it. He he beat all of his past stuff. He came in to film um, Joe. He thought he struck gold, obviously, and I honestly think he would have struck gold because we saw how popular this documentary is, and then all his footage just went, bam, it got burned up. So I think he's just trying to find happiness now in Norway, but little does he know he's about to be on my basketball team hooping, so he needs to get out of Norway and come back. (laughs) I think also (laughs) an interesting part was um, he was – I, I, I believe his house caught fire and that's why he moved to Norway. So we yeah. had another fire issue, which I, that's just, that's just bad luck. Yeah. At that point. I mean, do you think that that fire was by somebody that Carol hired or do you think Joe set someone up? Cause I feel like Joe, Joe was out of town here. Like the one day he wasn't there and I don't know, like there was a lot of illegal stuff with Joe in there. Obviously they filmed everything. Like they had everything filmed for the last two, two and a half years, maybe mm-hmm. it was, it was a long time. And I think Joe saw, oh crap, like there's a lot of stuff I could get in trouble for here. I don't know if he personally did it, but I, I could see him hiring somebody for sure to burn all that. Yeah, it's definitely what the documentary wanted to lead you to, to think I believe that Joe did it. Um, and I think that's what I came to a conclusion in. Or at least he had a role. He had some kind of role. He could have hired somebody for it sure. Didn't, it didn't make any sense for anyone else to do it um, besides, I guess, Carol. But, but why I, would she like... Like, why would, like, what are you going to do it? Like, what are you doing to help yourself at that point? You're just killing alligators, which if you love animals, you wouldn't do that. Even though they're out. I mean, like, not many people love alligators, but, you know, these people are like animal lovers times, like, on, like, on, like, it's PETA on steroids is what Carol yeah. is. And but, so. But she lies. She's not. Yeah. She like, doesn't follow her own rules. No. But. Yeah. She, yeah. She's a hypocrite, as we said earlier. Um, not drafting Carol. Just <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think, um, I'm not sure if I'll draft Carol either, but I think one interesting thing about Carol is I think she would be a bad teammate, but, um, from the documentary, she seemed like an avid biker, um, which I guess might be her only thing. She's five feet four. I found her height. And then I guess the only pro I could really find is that she could possibly get under the other team's skin. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just because she's so annoying. And, like, I don't know. You see, I didn't like Carol at all to begin with. You know, as I said, she's a hypocrite. And then the whole stuff about her husband came out, and she didn't even get in trouble for it. And I was just like, yeah, this this girl is the worst. And I don't know. Like, I again, I don't really like any of these main characters. I think they're all pretty terrible people. But... She, I think she take. I think her and Joe just take the cake of being terrible. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, for my third pick, I'm also going to go with a weird um, option. I'm going to go with Kelsey um, Saffrey. Um, she is the lady with no arm. I know you're thinking basketball. She needs to dribble with both arms. But I think one of the the craziest thing is that she came back. Probably one of the craziest things to me in the document was she came back no, like, a yeah. week later. So. She's passionate. Yeah, what um, the what the heck is that about? Like, you have an opportunity to, you know, your arm's going to heal perfectly. Yeah, it was going to take like two years. Yeah, but it was going to heal, and it's like, no, I'm just going to go work for some guy who really doesn't care about me. 
and just do all this crappy work. And I understand that she loves animals and she like I feel like the side characters had more had more care and love for the animals than Joe and Carol did. Yeah, sure. I, I agree with that. Um, so I think she's passionate, relentless. Um, she's willing to get things done. Um, she seems fairly level-headed besides um, not taking um, therapy and being having possibly an okay arm. Uh, so that that's definitely a, um, a weird choice by her. But um, I think probably the toughest player on the court, um, just out of grit, and I think I'm drafting her mainly for the defensive side. I think she's willing to get in there. I think she'll probably be someone that mainly stands in the corner for me for um, spacing on offense. But on defense, I think she might be my best defender, um, being willing to get in there, be gritty, be a hard worker. Do you have a character that we did not, uh, that we have not mentioned yet, actually? And the Tiger King should have talked more about this guy. Was the uh, was the was the Scarface guy who was the drug dealer? Like, yeah. What the heck? Like that was a really like crazy story to me, and we just he he appeared in one episode. I was like, what? Yeah, I, I was assuming maybe they just didn't get much filming done there. Like that dude only let them come for like one day, so they yeah. didn't have much storyline around him. But he definitely seemed honestly seemed like he had one of the nicer uh, tiger. Oh, for parts. sure, for sure. And he seemed like too. I, I know, obviously, like like the guy didn't have a clean record or anything. Like he's a convicted felon, but like he seemed like. You know, like he he did also uh, like someone who generally cared about the animals because he grew up, you know, in the drug business where he was forced. He wasn't forced to, but he sold a lot of drugs, but he always had that passion for animals. And now that he got cleared up everything and he has a lot of money, he was like, I'm going to do what I always loved, which is take care of animals. So I feel like he's someone who actually, I, I again, I think he has more uh, genuine passion for those animals than somebody like Carol does. It might be crazy to say, but that's what I think. Yeah. All right. So... Is your fourth pick, Will? Who are you going with? Um, I'm going to go with Dylan Passage, Joe's current husband. And the reason why, I need some, I need somebody younger on my team. I have a lot of old heads, a lot of old people. Um, we need somebody young. Like, we already have the veteran um, leadership on this team. So we got to get somebody young for the future of this team. And... I think Dylan is my is my guy. Out of most of these guys, he, he seems like that he could actually be somewhat athletic. I, again, I don't know. I never saw this kid play a sport in my life. But he's younger. He seems he's in decent shape. It seems like so. Dylan will Dylan Dylan will be my small forward. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's a pretty good pick. Um, he seemed fairly athletic since he was young. Um, one of the crazier things I thought about him was uh, it was an interview after Tiger King. He was saying he's not ashamed to be Joe Exotic's husband still, or or dating life, whatever it is. Which, how about how about their wedding? Like, yeah, that was that was nuts. Uh, bringing Travis's mom and then and well, I mean that's crazy on itself. But I think we talked earlier about the uh, how there was like only four people there. Yeah. So that's just messed up. Like, at least if there's a big wedding, like, you know, it's not as, I mean, it's still messed up to me, but it's, it's a little different because, you know, it's just a huge wedding. So maybe you're trying to be nice because, you know, you invited all these people. So why not invite her and maybe she'll have a good time. I know it, it could be weird, but there was literally four people there, like four to five people. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And then I think <laughs> another weird thing Joe did that I'm not sure if we mentioned earlier was him singing during the funeral. 
that was messed up too. Yeah, that, that was, was that was so messed up. Yeah, like, I didn't want to leave thoughts out on that because that was probably one of the craziest things. Of that's definitely in a top five thing where you're like, whoa, like, and it was about Joe. It wasn't really about Travis. So that was that he was, was just crazy. singing. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move along, and for my fourth pick, I'm going to go with Alan Glover. Um, I think he's a little bit more of a rotational player. Uh, <laughs> I was, I, I, that was one of my guys on my yeah. draft board. But he's a, he was a he was a handyman at the park, and I just think overall, obviously, dark uh, Doc Ansel is going to be um, my alpha on the team. And I think Allen is just a, probably a pretty good defender. Um, he's possibly a he, he obviously got in trouble a lot, so you're gonna have to have someone to um, bring him in. But I think Doc's. Um, I hate to say it like this, but his cult culture might rein him in a little bit um, and have a chance. And he's a hitman, so hopefully he can be a uh, hitman from deep from the three-point line. And he's tough. like He's just a tough guy, so I can yeah. see him getting into it, getting down and dirty for your team. Yeah, he, def- he, he didn't seem like he, – he did seem like he was willing to argue with bosses, though, as he would argue with Joe. So that's that's a little bit of a worry. Um, but there's – there's as we're getting down to the uh, final few spots on our teams and coaches um, – it's difficult to find people. It is. Obviously, it was difficult from the beginning, but this is your final pick as a player, Will, for your uh, final position. You have Howard Baskin, John Finley, Rick Kirkham, Dylan Passage. Who do you think is going to round out your starting five? Um, it's the businessman, James James Garrettson, the, uh, I would say, snitch in all of this. Yeah. I hate to pick him because, you know, snitches get stitches, but... He's a big um, – you already picked Doc Annell, and I need somebody who's a bigger guy too to help me guard Doc. So he will be my small forward, and he will be down low. He will be part of my front court with Howard. Um, yeah, I just need another big body in there, um, to be honest. So yeah, I think definitely uh, James Gerritsen and Doc Annell are going to have some pretty good matchups down below. I think Doc's probably a little bit more yeah. um, in shape, a little bit um, at an athletic – um, bigger person than Doc, James Garrettson. Doc but. is kind of tall too, and like, yeah, he's chubby, but he just got that bigger built. Like, I feel like if Doc worked out a lot and you know, actually, yeah, like watched his body, he could be in like he would be like what you know, like just huge guy. But James, I feel like is just he's just kind of a blob. Yeah. <laughs> Another shot that I really liked um, from James was oh, of course, I think I know what you're talking about. Him on the jet ski, yeah, the jet ski. <laughs> With the music, yeah, it was probably one of the funnier things I've seen. Um, just him on the the jet ski and the music, the soundtrack was just. That's gonna be me after quarantine, just coming out there on the on the lake. Just I'm ready, folks. Let's party. <laughs> like it's yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that's gonna stay. A me- There's a lot of things that are gonna stay memes for a while, but I think that'll be up there. So now it is my turn to round out my starting five. Uh, currently, I have Doc Antle, John Rinky, Kelsey Saffrey, Alan Glover. And I'm I'm debating this pick. I, I don't know if it's the right person to go with, but I'm going with the con man, Jeff Lowe, which I think is difficult to go with. But I believe with the right coach, we have a um, chance to ring him in. He's going to have to be, I think, probably close. He seems pretty athletic, um, seemed level-headed. Uh, he is a con man, so he's not going to be super trusted. He would secretly record conversations um, which I'm not a fan of, um, if we remember correctly. Uh, I believe D'Angelo Russell 
gotten some pretty big trouble recording some. I, I think a teammate uh, cheated on someone. And I think he, it was Swaggy P. Yeah. Or it was, yeah, it was Swaggy P. And it was, it was when the Lakers were still, like, you know, still trying to find their footing. And I think it was before they got – it was way before they got LeBron in there. And it was – it was funny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember that for sure. <laughs> um, Jeff Lowe is definitely not a good locker room fit, but at the end, it's my final pick, and there's not many options. I think he's more athletic than other people, and I think he's probably going to run my point, be uh, a distributor, and um, he's a little um, hard-headed, so he's probably going to drive to the basket, take a bunch of dumb mid-range shots, but we need someone like that. And now as we move on to the coaches, this is difficult. This is someone that's going to have to deal with absolute craziness. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to pick first since you got to pick the player first. And I am so excited about this pick. I'm going to pick Joshua Dial. Oh, as my dang coach. it. Dang it. <laughs> I, I just think, I think he's got an impressive resume. Somehow, I, be, I believe... It was um, he. He got Joe Exotic nineteen percent of the vote and the Libertarian vote, which I think the fact that you can get any type of vote, yeah, is, for Joe. is nuts. So I think he can hopefully, you know, he somehow coordinated itself with Joe, and that's why I think he's my main pick. Um, he was probably one of the more normal people in the um, documentary overall, um, and I think he's probably definitely. The best coach uh, has the chance of um, being level-headed, um, making smart decisions for this team, and it's just a. Uh... So my team rounding out is Doc Ansel, John Rinky, Kelsey Saffrey, Alan Glover, Jeff Lowe, and then the coach is Joshua Dial. Will's got Howard Baskin, John Finley, Rick Kirkham, Dylan Passage, James Garrettson, and your coach is. Well, it was going to be Joshua, but he's off the board because, as you you know, all the reasons that that you just um, mentioned, and he kind of got roped into this, and he handled it well. So I thought he could definitely coach a team well. But another level-headed guy is Larry Rhodes, which is the uh, he was the county uh, cop in Oklahoma, and um, you know he was a cop, so he he knows how to like you know to order people around and he knows how to stay in charge of things and get things going and you know just be a boss kind of. To, to, to people he's never even met like he has to handle strangers every day on the roads and stuff and has to tell them some not good news probably most of the time and has to you know do stuff to people that they don't really like and sometimes coaches will have, will have to do that we'll have to do stuff to the team we'll have to co- we'll have to coach a certain player have to talk to a certain player and they won't really like it but you have to do it to have a good team so Larry Rhodes is my coach yeah, so Will's team rounding out is Howard Baskin, John Finley, Rick Kirkham, Dylan Passage, James Garrison, and then the coach is Larry Rhodes. They'll be matching up against Doc Ansel, John Rinke, Kelsey Saffrey, Alan Glover, Jeff Lowe, and then my coach is Joshua Dial. They'll be uh, playing for the Tiger King Championship. The, the Tiger King Championship. That is our draft zone, um, Tiger King draft. Um, I'm just – I I think they're pretty even teams. Um I guess I'll I'll pick a person that I think is going to be huge. Obviously, it's I believe I think Kelsey is going to be one of my bigger players on um, my team as on the defensive side, and I think she's going to do the um, nitty gritty work that people a lot of these people probably don't want to do that. And I think she's going to be a good chemistry person on the team. So as well with John Ricky John Rinky um, bring in. Um, rounding out the group and just hopefully they will be good glue people being level-headed so who, who do you think is going to lead your team well 
and the chance of possibly beating my team. Well, I'm a big believer in you have to have a point guard, a very good point guard, because he's the floor general. I don't think you can get a lot of stuff going if your point guard isn't very good. And I think he has to, he doesn't always have to be the main leader, but he has to be at least second fiddle to the main guy, like kind of like Kyrie with LeBron, all these guys. Because you're still controlling the ball, like you're bringing the ball up. You're the one that does the plays, that sets the plays. So I think my big guy would definitely be John Finley, or it could be Rick. I think Rick is my main guy, just because Rick and John are my two main guys because they're both part of the backcourt. Obviously Rick, because he's the point guard, he's the floor general, he has to get things going. And then John, him and John have to mesh well because they'll be my backcourt. So those two guys mainly are my glue pieces. Yeah, I, I mean, this is probably two of the worst basketball teams we've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, like, like this takes the cake from the from the 2011 uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I feel like you could round up neighborhood kids in most neighborhoods and they could take down these teams and they could be under the age of like 15. Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen some pretty bad basketball teams in my time. Like, again, the 2011 Cavs where their best player was probably Mo, was Mo Williams until they got like Baron Davis in there. And they, they also had J.J. Hickson. And I think that team won like 19 games. They, they had like a 26-game um, losing streak. And like the 2012 Bobcats, I don't know if you remember them. It was half, it was a short season. I think they only won like eight games. They had the worst, per, not the worst uh, record ever because it was, again, a shortened season that they had the worst percentage ever. Those are some bad teams, and I think I think if you put this team in any competitive basketball league, like obviously not the NBA, but put them in like you know, you know, your local YMCA adult league, and they wouldn't win a game. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely not. Um, wouldn't stand a chance in pretty much any league, but it's good because they're going against an even opponent. All right, so that's going to wrap up our Draft Zone Tiger King draft. We'll be back next week with a another draft in – Trying to gain the little the little sports news we have in a no in a no sports world. Um, next week we'll be drafting um, NFL quarterbacks who that you would want to have at your bachelor party. Matthew I think <laughs> I think um, I'm not going to name them, but I think you can tell who I'm going for. Probably will be one of my uh, top picks. My this man might have thrown 30 interceptions um, last year. I just think he'll be a fun dude. Um, so we'll have. Oh, that. he's for sure a fun guy. Have you yeah. seen him dance on the table? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he'll be one of the more fun quarterbacks to have at something like a bachelor party. So we'll be back next week with that. That's going to wrap up episode one of the Draft Zone podcast in the inaugural episode and with the Tiger King draft. Thanks for listening.